You are listening to the Claim a Throne Blodgecast with Cuba and Ish. <laughs> this is taking it back to episode three, where we're going to recap everything the band's ever done before. So, Cabba, <laughs> how did you get into music? Well, I was born in 1985 by one Sue Pepperoni. Popped out, picked up the guitar, grew a beard, became a metal lord. Uh, and the end. The end. Really nice. Hey, uh, so last night you said you got drunk. What were you doing? You weren't watching the NBA Grand Final, were you? No, I wasn't. Was I wasn't. Day. I wasn't watching um, LeBron James not uh, achieve uh, mm. record-breaking statistics versus Michael Jordan. But I did have my mum over for uh, dinner. The, the very mum I was just speaking of, Sue Pepperoni. Oh. And we made um, spaghetti and meatballs, <laughs> drank a lot of wine. And I had a pretty brutal day at work today, and that's why I just texted me old mate Ash to see if you could do it a bit earlier, because I thought I would be um, crashing and burning by 7 o'clock. So, mm. here we are at 5 o'clock. Yeah, well... Uh, What's for dinner tonight? I saw a picture. For dinner is a steak roast. I guess it's probably just blade steak, but it's the size of a small roast, so I've just chucked that in the oven with some potatoes. Potatoes. For after this pod is finished. Yeah, nice. So in about 15 minutes, I'm going to turn my oven down to 160 degrees yep. and get a beer out of the freezer. Yeah, cool. Tomorrow night, we're, well, I hope that we're all, uh, the band members are catching up mm-hmm. for a little bit of a chat prior to um, announcing and releasing our long-awaited uh, sophomore album, fourth album, whatever that means. Quad more. And we'll probably get pizza, I think, with band money. Hey? That sounds amazing. <laughs> That's all I'm interested in. Wow. Spending um, spending band money and, yeah, on food. It's such a treat to spend band money. So, like, <laughs> you mean we can buy a $5 pizza each with <laughs> yeah. band money? It does feel good. It's like you're finally getting something for years and years of hard work. You get a $5 <laughs> pizza. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. it is cool. Yeah. I think it's important to do that, even if it is only five dollars a person. Uh, yeah, you got to start small, get the feel for it, work harder to get a ten dollar pizza the next time. Yeah, start small. Meanwhile, I'm almost up to my, I think, eight year anniversary <laughs> in Claim of Throne. I finally, get a pizza. I don't know. I think the last time on the podge that we would have spoken about band meetings. We were just saying how ridiculous it is, really, <laughs> after I raved about them for the first 20 episodes and then the next 20 episodes, like, they're shit. But, um, yeah, because it's getting to the point where we're about to probably announce this album, I don't really want to go and do that without at least catching up and talking about, like, here's the press release, is everyone cool with this? Or let's send the CD to the pressing, this is what's going to be on the booklet. Or... um. Well, that's what band meetings are really for. Yeah. So, I think as long as it's you've got important things to talk about. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd hate to just chuck some shit on. Or, or even, you know, like, are we going to put the album on Bandcamp? Are we going to put the album on YouTube? Which reminds me, if you don't mind me chucking, jumping into Album of the Week, is that okay? J- jump right ahead. Please um, do. The band A The Realm from North Carolina in America have just released their new album called Tarot after four years. Awesome. Uh, And we're about four years between albums as well. And it's really, really good. Uh, But they've done a few interesting things with their release. It just, I don't know, it sort of reminds me a lot of us. Like the the actual music sound is also very similar to Claim the Throne, I feel, except better. (laughs) And... (laughs) No, so they've, I'm pretty sure they've only done digital only release from what I can gather. And they're, um, they've put themselves on the day that the album came out, they 
uploaded every song to YouTube. Ah. Uh, and I assume that's probably to prevent other people doing it with shitty quality versions of the song. Mm-hmm. Songs. Uh, so they just cover all bases and chuck it up because people are going to hear it for free anyway. So, you know, get good quality on there. But then in the description of every video, it um, directs people to their Bandcamp page. So I think that's their number one target to get people to the Bandcamp. So I thought that was a pretty interesting strategy and probably something we would consider looking at ourselves. But that would be the sort of thing I would want to chat it with everyone about before just doing it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. And I actually love that idea, man. I think that... Mm. It, yeah, because people do look for individual songs, but let's take a band like the previously mentioned Callahan Brood. Or sorry, I always say Callahan, like Brian Callahan, <laughs> uh, Sergeant Callahan, Caladan Brood. Yeah, it's they've got one album and it's not on any streaming services. So, uh, yeah, if you want to have a listen to it to check it out, you got to kind of Google it and you find a full album stream high quality on youtube so i do know a lot of people that do listen to music like that so Mm. i think for us um yeah it sounds pretty cool if we could yeah chuck full album hq online just with the album cover i think like a high quality album art don't have to do lyric videos and shit like that and then yeah maybe break it up as a playlist as well separately yeah that that's exactly what they did okay yeah yeah so cool good idea and good album huh oh really good album yeah definitely worth the wait of four years and yeah, I was interested to try and get them on an episode one day just to chat about what they do. Um, mm-hmm. But just had something interesting I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So over the last few years, between that four years, they've had sporadically released like one track singles online. Um, so I didn't really know what that was all about. But yeah, I think one of those singles is on the new album. Um, but it's really cool. Uh, and... There's a song, the last song is about 20 minutes long, and I think that's a really cool one. The rest of them are all sort of four or five minute mark. And yeah, fans of Claim the Throne, fans of Winter Sun, Ensiferum, that sort of stuff would definitely dig it. Slight folk metal with the heavy uh, influence of guitar melodies, thrashy sort of stuff. It's pretty good. The earlier stuff was definitely a lot more folky and the newer stuff's a lot more even sort of combined with like a Children of Bodom influence, I guess. Uh, but pretty cool. Worth checking out. And um, just an interesting band to follow, I think. They've also released this new album on like a small independent label called Primitive Ways Records, which I've never really heard of, but it just looks like a local sort of label that would probably let them do whatever they want, but would just help with a little bit of promo. So I assume that's like a similar set up to what we have in Perth with something like Prime Cuts, for example. Um, so I'd like to yeah. Yeah, see see their reasonings of doing that and how it goes for them. Cool. The end. Um, but talking of putting albums online, um, the most recent episodes of the Bantools podcast had a um, streaming service called DistroKid that I heard from one Mark Hawkins who also builds guitars. And he was asking what DistroKid's like. And I was like, I've never heard of it. So I checked it out on, on the internets and looks really, really good. So pretty much exactly like a CD baby or a tune core. So they put your songs on all the platforms, except that it's really fucking cheap. And you pay one fee per year and that's for unlimited releases. So mm-hmm. at the moment, we're a bit all over the place um, where our, I think the la- last album was on Reverb Nation Distro and then one was on CD Baby and then one was via like a, another online distro place where they spread it all out. So 
I'm in the process of deleting all of them and getting them all f- start afresh through DistroKid for like 20 bucks a year for everything. And they get shit on really quick. So I did a quick experiment because our first album, Only the Pro Return, is not on Spotify or anything like that. Mainly because we don't want people hearing it because it's shit. However, <laughs> it's now on it. It took about it took two days, I think, for them to get it on Spotify, which is really good. Uh, and yeah, so worth checking out, DistroKid and also Bantools. And then because I put that album on uh, online... It did make me have a quick listen to it where I skipped through all of the songs and it took about five minutes. <laughs> but it did get me to thinking, just reflecting on on the sort of writing and recording process of that album many, many, many years ago. And it's just it's a pretty, pretty funny thing to reflect on. But because I think now, like every episode, we're sort of making suggestions to bands, you know, when are you ready to record, what you should do before you record, all these things. But I know that, yeah, during the recording of that one, we would have done everything wrong. Pretty much everything that we suggest on this show, we did not do. So I guess the question is like, when is a band ready to record? If they're super young, sort of 20 years old, and they've somehow managed to bust out an album's worth of songs written, when the hell do you decide to record and who do you go to? That's a question for me? I don't know. Just a rhetorical question. I know that in Claim the Thrones case, we just... We weren't really expecting to even have a full band, but just all of a sudden we had all these songs and then we were quite excited about it and spoke to a friend who said, I can record you in my room. And we are like, all right, cool. And it was going to be $500 or something for everything, album, mixing, mastering. Like, that's an amazing deal. Um, but then what happened, because we'd never really recorded before, apart from shitty-ass demos in our bedroom, we rocked up and we were really shit at playing our instruments and this guy didn't realize how crap we were going to be. And so everything just took so long. And then the the horrible takes that we were just rolling with were making the whole process quite hard throughout. Uh, we had no tabs. We had no one really knew the songs that well. Every, as we were recording, we realized that people were playing different parts that didn't even work. Uh, and so what was supposed to take probably a month, we were only going to this guy's house once every weekend and, you know, we'd be all excited to go on the weekend and then it would get cancelled for whatever reason. If something comes up and we can't go. So the whole thing took like a year and it's a piece of shit. And so, you know, I mean, we were still proud of it at the time. We were like, finally, we've got an album. That's really cool. But it was a lot of wasted time, like a year recording some shitty album instead of working on our skills or writing a better album or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't have a question for you, but just if you have any thoughts on the whole topic. In my band Mochief from the fucking alt metal scene of 2000 and whatever, uh, we paid about 500 bucks to do, I believe, three songs, all the raw tracking. Two of those songs were fully mixed and mastered by the guy that tracked it. And yeah, he gave us the raw track so we could pass it on. But we did them in the space of a week. Yeah. And like I went and did my drum tracks, no kidding, in an afternoon mm. from set up to shout down. Did Mo Chief ever release an album? No, no. And the, and the reason was because we were constantly trying to be like the best at the songs we did. So we were friggin' tight as a nut, man. We used to rehearse so much. But we didn't do a hell of a lot of writing. The other thing was, there was, pardon the pun, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. 
And so the writing process was really difficult because everyone had an equal say, even though there wasn't kind of equal amounts of writing or input being done. Or even if there was, it wasn't like there wasn't quality coming from all sides. And that's not a that's not a value judgment, but it just made it really hard to just, you know, comparing it to Claim of Throne, especially in the early days, Cabba would just construct entire songs. There'd be a little bit of feedback and that would be done, you know? Yeah, but when, when more than one person is writing, man, it makes it really difficult because mm-hmm. people are so strong with opinions and needs to be a point where you go... Do we want to keep everyone happy or do we want to essentially keep everyone miserable because they're playing the same old shit because no one can agree on a new song to play? Yeah. And we had that big discussion on about that on the Ian Binnett episode, Ian Binet. And yeah, it's a def- definitely an interesting argument. I think if I had my time again, knowing like where we'd go in the future, I guess, because like, we sort of, we use, once that album was finally done, we sort of use that as a promotional tool and we're sending that to labels and sending that to reviewers and trying to get gigs and all this shit. Like it would have been far more beneficial for us to do like a two or three track EP slash demo sort of thing, do it properly. It was a slight hell ambitious project for us to undertake. And considering it also came with a novel written by the band members, Ah. it was just like a huge, huge project. So yeah, I think if we could have just picked three songs, learned them properly, done them, done them the way they're meant to be done we would have got a lot more out of it and then done an album after that um, but I mean that's all well and good in hindsight but yeah the danger of that is even with with Mochi for example you spend all this time trying to make two three songs awesome and then you just never have a, an album or you never get to the next step I think so if you just rush it out and it's shit at least you get somewhere <laughs> so I don't know it's a tough one yeah, and the other thing too, and I hate doing all this revisionist history bullshit because it doesn't really matter, but another thing was that we were rehearsing three nights a week and I'm not kidding, we were trying to gig as much as possible so sometimes we would gig three nights a week as well. So it was like, where the hell are you supposed to find time to write in between that and work? It was honestly so impossible and I also found it very difficult for each individual member to get better at their instrument like I found that we all got in ruts quite a lot easier because all we were doing was playing the same stuff and I think that happens to younger bands for sure where they just fuck they do an album and then they just play it to death for a few years because they get a little bit of momentum and then they don't want to stop it to write because you do have to stop playing live to write because you need to stop rehearsing and getting back to band meetings I think why it's more important now than ever is because we're not rehearsing regularly so we don't see each other as much so yeah, man. It's really hard to balance all that <laughs> shit. Yeah, cool. Good one. So, do you have an album of the week? Absolutely. 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 Yeah, when I write that in text, <laughs> that's all I think about. So, when you sent me that picture, it made me laugh. Oh, that face. <laughs> um, so, this actually came as a recommendation uh, from one Aaron Warboys from Bane of Vasilda. Heard of him. Imperium Decadence. So, black, black metal sort of thing? Definitely black metal. You like the bands, oh, like, um, what are those French bands you like? French bands? Drood. Out. And, um, oh, uh, Eastern European stuff. Uh, Death Spell Amiga. It's kind of like that, but less dirty and a little, like, a bit more melodic and okay. stuff. I'd love to check that out. The Imperium Decadence that I'm familiar with is, like, the dirtiest sewer recording ever. Decadence with a Z, isn't it? Yes. And the album <laughs> is called Dis Manibuvs. Cool. I've got it queued yeah. up and ready to go. 
I remember listening to them years and years ago. But yeah. Yeah, I went through a real black metal kick when I was living with you in Mullaloo. And um, yeah, all these bands, yeah, like Imperium Decadence and fucking real miserable uh, suicidal (laughs) black metal bands. That's where I sort of first listened to Alcest and shit as well. And yeah, just went through all that stuff because it was pretty new to me. And it's interesting to hear that those bands now are sort of getting better recording quality. They're not so underground in the sense that I can find their albums on Apple Music now. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I love that shit. Yeah, I find with a lot of those style bands... Like, yeah, Imperial Decadence, Droog, Despel Mega, Nocturnal Mortem is another one that I'm thinking of. That, like, you just, I don't know, you could just sort of forget to listen to them for quite a few years. And then, like you say, they're still, go- they're still going and they're pumping out pretty good stuff. And, and they, you know, were once or are still underground, but that doesn't stop them from pumping out shitloads of albums. And a lot of them are sort of releasing an album a year. And there's a lot of these like American black metal bands as well that our mate Nettie Noodle Hatswell listens to um, that he's he's had on the show before, the Panopticon or um, Havu Krunu and all those <laughs> crazy bands from the hills in America. And they're pumping them out sort of, some of them are like more than once a year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love that, that that's the case. That I mean, don't know if they're making money. Um, don't know if they're getting satisfaction. A lot of these bands aren't, touring bands they don't play gigs or whatever but they just love writing music and they do it really well absolutely you know what is the downfall of waiting so long to release an album like we've had had it done for a long time now and everything organized and finished and since then there has been an event in perth like a metal gig with a name given a name that is the same name as our album <laughs> that we haven't released yet and it'll look like we're copying it. And also, the band Evil Invaders that I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, Thrash that Jim likes, have just put out their new music video, uh, which is really awesome, by the way, worth checking out. And the singer is hanging upside down for the whole video. And then, then that... Well, no way. That's sort of what I'm doing in one of our videos that will come out pretty soon. And it might look like we've ripped them. <laughs> that's so funny. But except they've really pulled it off. This guy is upside down the whole time and his hair is really long and hanging down. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think people will pick up the bit that you are upside down in. Nah. It was very Nah, bizarre. I can't even really tell. Oh, when we were doing that, I was like, what the hell is this idea? This is the shittest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Especially because I was afraid of dropping you on your head because I was like 19 hop hogs down and having to carry my <laughs> friend's weight. Yeah. Was, yeah. Very bizarre. You know what's funny? Um, every, every week it feels like there's another person on Facebook or Twitter selling their CD collections or just gradually selling off all their shirts and all their shit. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago you want everything in your collection and then you realize, ah, I don't really need it. It's just taking up space. One Andy Dowling. One Andy Dowling for sure. Doesn't he have a fucking website dedicated to his like ridiculous... He does. I reckon that's collection. a pretty good idea. It's just something that you've it's got going idea. all the time. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Even um Dicey Dyson, who's got the biggest CD collection out of anyone I know. And um, yeah, he's he's clearing them out, which is amazing. Yeah, he's... I don't know if he's really even into the whole streaming thing yet, but he's he's willing to take it on and, and clear shit out. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I don't know if I could I could do it. Hey, even though I don't really listen to CDs a whole lot anymore, still hard to 
part with them. Totally, man. And you've got a really awesome CD collection. I've got a shitload of CDs too, but they have been sitting inside my 24-inch kick drum case since 2007. <laughs> and I get new ones and then I rip them, listen to them, and then now I'm actually just streaming. It's a weird thing, hey? Mm. Shit a brick, as Cabba says. Fucking hell. I've got Thai food on the way. So might um might bugger off. Might bugger off, yeah. Are we gonna play some Imperium Decadence at the end of this episode? Absolutely. <laughs> I've been watching the TV show Wilfred. Have you seen that? Is oh that... yeah. Australian or American? Well, it's actually oh, is there two different shows? Yeah, the Australian one and then I think I sold it to America. You're kidding. I didn't really understand what the show was. I just stumbled across it. The um Is he Aussie, the guy? The guy the guy dressed as the dog is an Aussie, but then it's got Elijah Wood. Oh, that and must... And he's got an American accent, so it'd be the American one. But it's just this Aussie guy dressed as a dog throughout it. It's pretty fucking funny, I've got to say. I'm pretty sure, because you're um, on a VPN, you're using US Netflix, that would be an American oh, one. Yeah. If you switch back to your normal Netflix, you'll find Australian oh. Wilfred. And that's the no one... Shit. I've never seen the US one, but I've seen the other one. It's pretty funny. That's the one, Marv. That's the Silver Duna. You pick the song that I'm going to play off this Imperium Decadence album. So give me a number from one to ten. Okay. My go-to is normally a number two. I'm so happy you said that. Thank you, Cabba. I was scared you were going to say ten. Is track one an intro? Uh, I can't remember. I feel like track two always has to be pretty solid. Although one of my favorite albums ever, Emprised to Avalon by Suodakra, track two is like a 40-second acoustic song. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, hey? But I like it. All right, let's talk again before the week is out, Cabba, because I'm going to fucking Europe in two weeks. I know, I can't believe it. Well, I'll see you in real life tomorrow, and then I'll see you in Podgeland on the weekend. Cool, man. Well, top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. And also with you. <laughs> Lift them up to the Lord. <laughs> Imperium decadence. <laughs>